0: Newfoundland Beer Podcast, produced in partnership with CHMR 93.5 FM. Today's episode is a tasting with native Newfoundlanders and beer lovers Aaron Patey and Tom Penny. Aaron leads tastings at Kitty Vitty Brewery in St. John's and has the best beer descriptions of anyone I know.
1: Hi, I'm Aaron.
0: I didn't know how to identify the flavors of specific pops until I met Aaron. Uh, Tom appreciates a good pint and is currently living in Happy Valley, Labrador.
2: Hi, I'm Tom.
0: And he is going to tell us um about the beer situation there which you're not happy with
2: no i'm uh, i'm extremely dissatisfied with it it's um it's really hit or miss up there just happens to be whatever's in the liquor store at that time there's no kind of culture around it no one really cares about it which is weird for me all yeah. oh, my friends are really really into it and none of my friends live up there
0: <laughs> yeah so but there are breweries opening in labrador
2: I've heard some stuff about that, but, again, like, you hear something and then, oh, yeah, no, that's not actually happening, so no one really knows. It would be very nice if a brewery would open up there.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Iron Rock and Ragnarok,
2: right?
0: Yeah, that's what I heard. Okay.
1: okay. Ragnarok is in Goose Bay, Uh I'm pretty sure, and then Iron Rock is in Lab City. Okay, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, Lab City is, um, I haven't gone to Lab City yet because I haven't found a reason to make myself drive for six hours, but <laughs> I've, I've heard like there is a better scene there for it, but yeah. That's
0: Okay, I think we should start drinking beer. But one thing that I want Aaron to like direct us, because one of the direct. things...
2: Oh, yeah, Aaron's going to well, to direct us.
0: This... <laughs> Aaron, don't you understand, I'm a Newfoundlander,
2: I'll just drink this whole thing.
0: Yeah, we don't know how to control ourselves, but... I was wondering, like, because for me, like, I've learned a lot about brewing, and I've learned mm-hmm. a lot about like the beer industry. But one of the things I don't really know is if you're a person that has never th- thought about sitting down and drinking a beer in a way where you're really going to like try to understand what the tasting notes are. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people read the back of the can, they're like, "Oh, tropical fruit." Like, what does that mean? Like, how do you experience that?
1: <laughs> like, it's first... kind of like when people come up to the bar and they're like, "Oh, peach, mango." And like citrus. And you think it's
0: in the beer, but it's not. Those, like, how, right? Like, part of it is developing your palate. Like, you've had enough beers that you can kind of pick that out, but isn't there kind of like a method?
1: There is. It's all in the way, like, we serve and uh, experience the beer, because a big aspect of beer is experiential. So, if we're sitting down in a really good environment and we're slamming back a couple beers, we'll be like, oh, this beer is amazing. But if, like, we were having like in a party or something like that it'll change the way it tastes you might not even notice a lot of the flavors that we can get in like an intimate setting like this okay Okay. so it's really cool and beer glasses are a huge thing so we're using more of like a tulip slash teku situation here So that brings out a lot of the different aromatics and flavors. So we'll get a lot of aromatics off of these glasses here. As
0: opposed to like a pine glass. Yeah. Yeah. For people who don't know glass, like I actually don't know a lot about glassware and we are using the mismatch glasses (laughs) in my apartment. (laughs) I have two little tasting glasses, almost like sniffers. I guess, what would Snifters, you call it? Yeah. Snifters. Yeah. And then I have like a Tecu glass that looks like a wine glass. It's beautiful. It is like, beautiful.
2: I'd like yeah. to point out it is the largest glass on the table. It is <laughs> yes, I did pick the largest glass for myself.
0: But one of the things that I thought was so interesting last time we had beer together was mm-hmm. you were like, oh, really smell it before you taste it. Because then once you taste it, you can't totally smell it in the same way.
1: I always say you can't smell it again. Yeah. Just because it's your senses are totally changed at that point because okay. first contact and that's initial smell you're getting all the aromatics off of that right, right as soon as you taste it flavor changes and so does the way you smell it as well because you're picking up those undertones a little bit easier yeah yeah okay. that's the cool thing about dry hopping it brings out a lot of those aromatics without even having the flavors in it Predominantly oh wow. in the main style beer, Yeah.
2: Yeah. I have a huge just chasm of where <laughs> knowledge should be about this. I had no <laughs> idea the glass had so much importance in the process. Yes. Yeah. Right,
0: like I'm terrible. I mean I shouldn't <clears throat> say terrible. I just like where my life is right now, like I will drink a beer out of a coffee cup. Of mm. course. Like I love beer <laughs> so your much. Life is and like I'm really just like I'm a very unpretentious. Is everything beer okay? Yeah. <laughs> Not in the morning, just,
1: like, when I run out of glassware. <laughs> I should. <laughs> I totally get that, though. But, like, if you're drinking, like, just straight-up amber ale, you know, sometimes it's nice to have it in that Oh, milk. yeah. Because <laughs> it adds, like, this coziness, and all the more flavors
2: are there, so you're like, this is comforting. Yeah. And I just want to drink out of something sturdy. And know? I think that kind of goes back to what you had said about it being so you know, the experience around you has so much to do with it. So I feel like that can kind of lend itself to that as well. Yeah. That's the
1: cool thing about sharing beer and experiences. Right, right. Because it's like telling stories because it's based on how we feel about it and how, when we had it and why this has such great memories, which is why I love doing tastings and stuff like that because I'll be like, oh, here's one of my favorite beers that Kitty Brews. And some people will be like, oh, why do you like that? Yeah. It tastes like turpentine. <laughs> like that, you know? It tastes like tree bark. wrong with you?" Yeah. But I'll be like, no, here's all the background stuff to it. Mosaic, okay. like, Faulkner's flight, all right, this right. stuff. And it really just shows you the background of it and why some things, some things are attractive, attractive to different people. That's
0: what I kind of like about beer, too. Like, you're talking about, like, the experience you have while drinking the beer and how it's... I feel like it's a bit more open to just, like, you like what you like and, like, yeah. nothing is bad. At least mm-hmm. to me, like, the beer communities I like to be a part of, it's, like... You don't say, like, there's bad beer. Like, there's mm-hmm. just different beer. Yeah, you there's like beers a different... you don't
2: like, there's beers you do like, but Whereas it's all Whereas I feel lot. like
0: wine, it's, like, this is good and this is bad and, like, it, yeah. it's a little more... I don't know I feel out of my depth a little easier there whereas beer I'm like I can feel confident to be like I don't know even if you're just starting you don't know a lot about beer like you can confidently be like I don't like this beer and that's just not a good beer to you yeah and that's
2: where I'm kind of at with it because I enjoy drinking beer but at the same time I don't really know what makes a good beer so it's I just try a bunch of different beers and if I enjoy them I enjoy them if I don't I don't at the end of the day, I've still had several beers. It's great. Yeah, yeah
0: right? It's a win-win. Okay, <laughs> I think we should start with classic, a Kitty yes. Iceberg.
1: Yes. Ah.
0: Um, so Kitty Brewery is located in historic Kitty Village in St. John's, Newfoundland. Um, they started in 1996. They produce about 8,000 hectoliters. And we were just talking about like kind of what a hectoliter means. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's it. so. I ha- so when you talk about a brewery's brewing capacity, that is how much beer they can produce if all of their tanks are filled with beer in a day.
1: Yes. Oh okay. That's as far as I. From my understanding as well.
2: Right, yeah. so capacity doesn't necessarily mean what they're currently producing, yeah. it's what they could produce if they absolutely had to. Exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: So the hectoliters is really how much space you have your, in your fermentation yeah. tanks.
2: Yeah, because if you can't ferment it, you can't. Yeah. You've no to put it. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I've already <laughs> learned so much. I don't <laughs> wow.
0: know. Me too. Okay, can, can you describe Iceberg?
1: So Iceberg is a 4.5% North American light style lager. It's very crisp and light and made with iceberg water. That's what I yeah. gave. I can't. I always wondered if that was true because that's that's yeah. what I was always told. It, it is produced with it's iceberg not 100% water. percent iceberg no. water is the thing because the purity in iceberg water is actually too low for it to really really produce any flavors. Oh, okay. so there add... yeah,
0: beers need to have like certain minerals in the water. Mm-hmm. So like if you're brewing homebrewing, you can um, purify your water. You can go get stuff at a homebrew store to add to your water, and okay. it will like make your beer taste different. Wow. So. I think it's so interesting that Iceberg is the same. It, is it the same recipe as Kitty Vitty Light? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Are we
1: working some <laughs> news here? Oh, the water is the thing that's different. Yeah, right. But okay. to me, they taste so different. Yeah, a lot of uh,
2: that's because water is so important in yeah. beer. Well, that's so interesting yeah. to me because I don't really like QV Light all that much, mm-hmm. but I love Iceberg. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's, it's just the water.
2: Exactly.
1: and that's the cool thing about like the generations of different styles of beer sometimes come from the water content Mm -hmm. so Pilsen czech republic is where the pilsner was created right and they had such a crisp clean flavor because they had access to such pure water like places okay whereas places that were brewing out of like wells and stuff like that you were getting much more funkier beers like Lots of metallic flavors coming off of it. So it's really based on the water content, which is cool in Newfoundland because our water content is really pure. Yeah. We're able to get some really clean beers. But thankfully, we can treat water now. Like,
0: to me, iceberg, if you, like, I don't have any sort of, like, Cicerone training or anything like that. But just from me as a person who likes beer, like, I smell iceberg, and it smells... Like a winter day to me. Really, like, it smells like that cold smell. Like just yeah. so crisp. I,
2: I can see what you're saying because I, what I like so much about it, it just tastes really clean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why I've always loved it for that reason. It's... Yeah,
1: I get. It brings me back to watching my nanny dough in her kitchen. Yeah, because I have get a that
0: lagery, like yeah. yeast,
1: yeasty, uh, yeah. not cooked bread.
2: So like yeah. dough. Okay. Like no, yeah, I, I see that when I as I took your directions and smelled it first. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Yeah, yeah now is, I
0: think this. I have Aaron's voice in my head when I drink beer now, and I'm like, smell it. You can only smell it once.
2: <laughs> God, I'm going to be so heartbroken next time I forget to smell my beer. I know.
0: Sometimes I take a sip of beer, and I'm like, oh, I forgot to smell it. <laughs> I can never smell it again. Well, this can all go in the trash now. This is no
1: good. <laughs> and the thing is, lagers, you're not supposed to get much smell off of because it's really based on... and. Not much flavor in a way, uh, because mm. it's all based on being clean, crisp, and bright. Mm. So if you're adding adjuncts, so adjuncts or anything other than water, malt, yeast, or hops, you can get smells off of it. But if it's just straight up lager, clean, crisp, North American style, you're not supposed to get any smells or flavors. Just beer, okay. <laughs> you know?
0: Crazy. So yeah, I had
1: no idea that. Was the yeah. Place. A little appley, you can get off of it sometimes, but too much apple is off flavor, so it's yeah. like this yeah. whole weirdness when it comes to loggers because it's based on nothing but everything at the
2: same time. You know no, you no, I see, I see what you're saying, though, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's sort of, the whole is supposed to have nothing to do with the sum of its parts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: loggers are cool. I was not always the biggest fan of lagers. No, no? I
0: find no. them to be, like, sometimes I don't like that grassy. Yeah. flavor they get, that's mm-hmm. not...
2: See, I kind of like that. I, I kind of like the earthy taste of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like the greens, like you were saying, like that bready fermentation kind of. Yeah, yeah that was a
2: really good way to thing. describe it. Like, I never mm-hmm. would have pulled this. <laughs> yeah, very I clear keep... you're good at this.
0: <laughs> I couldn't figure out, like, the word to describe that taste, and yeah. I kept saying yeasty, and then I was like, I cannot describe Like, if someone comes into the shop and is like, what does this beer taste like? I can't be like, yeast. Mm, yeast. <laughs> Are you
2: familiar with yeast? <laughs> that. Sourdough <laughs> <Sauber-dose, that. laughs> stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. Something <laughs> like that.
0: Which, to me, I have a sourdough starter, and I'm super into sourdough, so I'm mm-hmm. like, yum, yum. But, like, yeah. it's not, like, it's a pretty strong
2: exactly. smell and flavor. Yeah. So, look, one thing, Aaron, I always wonder about, mm-hmm. at a brewery really like yours. Like, when you guys come up with something new, what does that process look like? Are you guys just sitting around in a lab, mm-hmm. screwing around with flavors, or? <laughs> so, I don't have much say over what goes on. I'm a lovely,
1: lovely starter. Uh, but when it comes to like uh, trends are a huge thing in the brewing community so there'll be certain styles that are really picking up
0: like sours Mm -hmm. is the big one in Newfoundland right now I would say
1: Okay, and saisons were pretty big for a little bit right and it's just hitching onto that and putting your own style on it okay it's also based on brewers and the traditions that they like to follow okay so some are like really influenced by german styles other more american others uh there's the brits that do a lot of cool floral stuff
2: yeah that's true true. uh,
1: and cellar beers and all that so it really depends on the brewer's approach as well as The sales team's pitch right you know because they got to
2: stay true to like what's going on in the well yeah because you can't brew beer if you don't have any money to brew beer so
0: i find for us like like if you're going to do a porter you have to have kind of like some toasted malt or it's not going to have that chocolatey flavor Mm -hmm. and then from there like the more you've brewed and the more you've tasted the more you know how to like what will substitute yeah so you can like make it more unique.
2: Oh, okay, so it sounds kind of like you start from what the stock recipe is and then you sort of yeah. tinker with it as you go.
0: As a home brewer, that's kind of where what I've done.
2: There's like specific styles and they're very
1: historical <laughs> and based on traditions and things like that. But when it comes to creating these styles, you have so much artistic freedom right. in that. So if you want to add like a different hop variant, uh, say you want more floral tones into it, you okay. throw in a different hop flourishes in another way you know so that's that's what i love about that process even even though i don't fully
2: grasp it it's almost like no no you get to do your own thing with this Mm -hmm. yeah here's your base do whatever you want now yeah exactly
0: all right we should pick a new one all right you brought that oh i'll say the brewery so the next beer we're looking at is called velvet fog from wild rose brewery um, Wild Rose is located in Calgary, Alberta, and the Wild Rose is the flower of Alberta.
1: Yay.
0: Yay. Yeah. Not
1: to be confused with the political group, Wild Rose. Different. <laughs> Very different. different. And better. Amer- it's a Canadian wheat.
0: So how is that different then? So, wow, it smells so weedy. Right? Yeah. Like this literally smells like like a loaf of bread.
1: So there's different ways that you can smell it. There's just a straight up nose and cup. Mm-hmm. You can palm it so you cover the glass.
0: Ooh, that wow. looks like you're.
1: And there's. Making, seems making a
0: smelling cave with your hand over your glass. That <laughs> is what I would like to describe. A smelling cave? <laughs> yeah.
1: And then you can do either a long inhale through your nose or a short, like, snort. Okay. So,
2: I see the vision, but that looks hilarious. <laughs> from over exactly, here.
1: right? So it's
2: really interesting. Yeah it Smooth does. It smells like a like a fresh loaf of bread. It smells yeah. tremendous.
0: So I wonder, yeah, like what it means like Canadian wheat versus uh American wheat. Oh, that is very mm-hmm. nice.
1: It has like this crisp, citrusy yeah. finish.
0: Oh, to it's it? brewed with Canadian wheat. Mm-hmm. That would make sense.
2: Okay. See, I thought the difference was going to be something obscure. I thought I didn't think it would be so straightforward.
0: <laughs> right with beer, that's what I like about beer though, right? Like it most of the time it's pretty like mm-hmm. straightforward. Yeah,
2: that's what I love about it. I do know. like that they've named this Velvet Fog by the way. That's mm-hmm. a fire name for a beer.
0: Yeah, okay. So it says on the can, Melvin Mel was a jazz singer with a voice as smooth as this unfiltered wheat beer. He's the inspiration behind this luminous gold-colored brew with a citrus-tangy nose, brewed with only the best Canadian wheat and barley. Hmm. Interesting. So maybe that is about Velvet Fog? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that references...
2: Yeah, is there some, some obscure jazz musician jazz calling tune? himself Velvet Fog? <laughs> if there is, I want in on that. I picture all of Alberta to smell like this. Yeah, no, I can see that. You know? I, like I just feel like everything west of Ontario. Yeah. It smells
0: like a wheat beer.
1: <laughs> and the thing about like American wheat beers and like traditional wheat beers, American usually gives that like piney hop to it. This has a lot of sweetness to it, which yeah. I wasn't really expecting, and like a slight citrus. <clears throat> so it's kind of reminiscent
2: of like just your typical classic wheat beer. Yeah. You know? See that yeah, it it's it's nice in a way. I like trying different beers like this because it's there's there's a familiarity with all of them, mm-hmm. but then there's also something always a little surprising. Yeah. It, it, it's nice. It's like it's like safely surprising yourself. <laughs> a safe surprise. Hmm.
0: A safe surprise.
2: It is right. Like I'm never gonna be I'm never gonna be upset that I've had to drink a beer. Mm-hmm.
0: But oh yeah, no, there's
2: citrusy notes in this. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. <laughs> a happy little accident this turned into.
1: <laughs> It is all from the hops, the citrusy stuff, too. Because it doesn't say if there's any, like, adjuncts or anything like it.
2: So when you say adjuncts, that would be...
1: Yeah, so anything other than watermelons, yeast, or hops.
2: Oh, okay. So, so that would be your kind of crazy stuff you're deciding to add in yourself. Yeah, okay. so if
1: they were like, oh, coriander and orange peel added into this, that would be an adjunct. Okay,
2: okay. Uh, some people
1: add in fruits, hmm. vegetables. Rhubarb is a vegetable, right?
0: Is it really? Is that I what rhubarb it, is? It is a like a.
2: <laughs> I've never seen rhubarb, and I've always no. assumed it's just some sort of running joke here. It's like I, a, plant,
1: it's
0: a It plant looks plant like red everywhere. It looks like red celery. Oh
1: yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and like you can cut off as much as you want, and it'll just keep on growing back.
0: Yeah,
1: that's yeah, really cool. Okay,
2: I've probably been confusing with weeds my whole life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah. Because <laughs> there is another plant that looks very familiar. Like between the two, I don't know what that one's called. It was one that used to make you itchy. Okay, that I mean, doesn't sound good. at Hemlock, well. hemlock, hemlock. Oh, oh Jesus! Em- yeah, yeah,
2: you wouldn't want to confuse the two of those. No,
1: but it, the hemlock has that one branch that had kind totally of like flowers. Right. Yeah, but the leaves and stuff from that kind of look like rhubarb. Okay. okay,
0: Aaron, you're wearing the best beer outfit. I know, I'm really. Why did this before? <laughs> Aaron's amazing beer outfit is a yellow Port Rexton Brewing hat.
1: Chasing
0: sun. Chasing sun, yeah. So each of the Ah, designs on the Port Rexton hats uh, from Port Rexton, Newfoundland, are like different. The designs for the cans of beer. So here's the New England IPA design. Mm -hmm. And his shirt is Beer is Nice. From Lamb
1: Wash. Which is
0: a reference to... uh, Chris Conway, who co-owns Land Wash, his Instagram handle.
1: Beer is nice. Yeah. Know, it's, so it's also and a like, very safe statement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the logo and stuff that's in it, or, like, the graphics. And oh, yeah, the, the more lines. I look at
2: this, the more details I see coming out.
1: Yeah, there's, like, a whale. An old, old
2: bird down there. there. Yeah,
1: an old bird. An old bird. How do you know it's old? <laughs>
2: that bird is 17 years old if it's <laughs> a day.
1: It's super cool. Chris said they look like uh, uh, camp shirts. Yeah, you yeah, know a little bit with the collar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love band. that. I'm really into beer merch, and I own too much of it right now, but I want yeah. more. You know, it's weird to make sure. Yeah, I go through that
2: with band t-shirts. Yeah? Bands I don't even listen to. I just think band t-shirts are fire, and I'm buying far too many of them.
0: Yeah. Man, I was reading an article I don't remember where it was, but it was literally about like how beer merch is the new band merch. Like instead of wearing a band t-shirt, people are getting their brewery t-shirt. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) You're just giving me more because I have the biggest cup.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just noticed that there is like some more cloudiness on the bottom of the can. that I'm trying to like disperse it between us all. So here's
0: a question because this is a pretty cloudy, unfiltered beer. If you get a beer that has some sediment at the bottom, do you embrace the sediment? Or are you like, nah, I'll just kind of skip that little bottom situation?
1: People are hit or miss. All right. Right? I don't mind the sediment, but if it's chunky, there's I, I just can't handle it. I have well, like yeah, I
2: have a visceral reaction to that yeah. where I'm like, I'm not sure if this is spoiled or not now. And <laughs> I think exactly. that
0: happens when, sometimes if you had lactose and it must mm-hmm. be the temperature makes it sort of... Like, there's nothing yeah, wrong yeah. with it, but I think... If it gets really cold too soon or something like that, it all bunches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find, especially after homebrewing, like, we'll definitely get residue the more hops we add. And I'm mm-hmm. like, whatever, it's a plant, like, vegetable for the day. Like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> You're getting your
2: protein, you
1: know? Yeah, I'm just like, this is fine. And antioxidants, which come from hops. It's really cool. Oh, it's
2: true. Yeah. True. Well you heard of here first. It's really good <laughs> for you. Beer. Yeah, it's good for <laughs> yeah. you.
1: They traditionally used to send it over to soldiers because it gave them the calories that they needed. Oh, so it's yeah. very calorific, yeah. but also had like proteins, antioxidants, all this different stuff to help sustain them. And I mean okay. hey, if you're on
2: the Western front, what better than a beer?
1: Exactly. <laughs>
2: This is this is where I'm out of my depth a little bit, right? Because I went into the liquor store and I looked around and basically went, ah, that one. (laughs) Whereas you guys appear to have selected different beers.
1: We got to add this one in here too. I love this beer. See, I just
0: thought
2: it was a pretty can.
0: All right, now we got to talk about this beer because you guys talked about it. (laughs) Our next beer is called All Eyes on Yuzu. Y U Z U. By Muskoka Brewery. Uh, Muskoka Brewery is located in Muskoka, Ontario. And they started in 1996.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Yua. are sure. really? Okay. I'm not entirely sure. It has a sure. beautiful
0: can of like a moon and limes. Yeah, and it's there. really yeah. cool. Yeah, I don't know. Do you? What do you know about this beer?
1: I'm pretty sure it's a Japanese fruit. The hop name is based off of, which okay. is a citrusy mandarin type of.
0: Oh, okay. Thing. So those aren't limes. It's a that's yeah, the fruit.
1: That's the fruit, but the hop tastes so much like the fruit that they named it after it.
0: Oh,
2: Okay.
1: That that's from like the short like excerpt that I read on Wikipedia. <laughs> okay, so it's
0: really the flavors coming. Like this is one of those things where I get confused where they people write the tasting notes and mm-hmm. you think that fruit or that addition is in the beer, but it's not. So this fruit is actually not in here. It's just a hop that's named after the fruit. Yeah. Oh, okay. So
2: it sounds like we got to make them up on our hands here. It literally. It, so <laughs> a bit, yeah.
0: What style of beer is it?
1: It's a. American Pale Ale. So it does have that like malty base, but there's mm. like very like mandarin grapefruit notes it says. Mandarin tangerine. I'm
0: products. definitely like a my palette is definitely pro pale ale and IPAs. Mm-hmm. Like that is where I want to be and I've branched out to Sours, but definitely like pale ale's are my go to.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, same here.
0: Like I like how it has that maltiness and the hoppiness. Yeah, I'll
1: give you a good stand of it right now.
0: Yes. <laughs>
2: That's true. Well, there's our intro.
1: So it's much lighter than most American pale oils that I'm used to.
2: Oh, you can even see it in the cold room. Right? You can smell
1: it, like, right off the bat. Oh, you can.
2: Right. That smells so
1: sweet. Oh, my God. Mm, it yeah. smells right? like you just opened, like, a tangerine. It yeah. reminds me of Christmas. Yeah. yeah. We always used to get boxes of tangerines during Christmas. It's it's a, literally rural, like first... It literally smells like a thing Because my dad talks about it that all the time.
2: And every time he does, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. You raised me. Where did this come from?
1: But isn't it cool, like that one smell just let, let us all off on that path of, yeah. like, nostalgia. Well, see, this is really where this is
2: where I really do love that this culture has kind of started to come up so much in Newfoundland because we're all natural storytellers here anyway. Mm-hmm. And beer kind of lends itself to that because each beer has this long, intricate story of how it came to be. Mm-hmm. So I think that fits well with who we are as a people in this province anyway. I'm getting a little nationalistic on here <laughs> now, but... Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, there's so much you could talk about about... Muskoka and like how they came to brew this beer and what mm-hmm. hops they put into it And we're not even really breaking it down that much to like the ingredients or anything We're just like smelling it. Yes, yes. And, it that's, a... and this is actually my first like beer tasting where I've like not that I haven't sat down and tasted a lot of beers But kind of intentionally being like I'm doing a beer tasting. Yeah, I feel like that's will...
2: same with me Yeah, because of course I have drinking I have drunk a <laughs> lot of beer in my time <laughs> But I've never sat down to be like, oh yeah, no, this smells like this, and it tastes like this, and I quite enjoy it, and yeah. move on. Yeah, like,
0: and part of me was like intimidated by that, like, how do you do a beer? Because t- I've been to a winery, and you like, move it around in the glass, and everyone else is like spitting it out, and I'm just taking a big gulp, and I'm like, <laughs> <"Is this right? laughs> am I doing this right? One more please? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, bartender.
2: You got anything from 34, it was a very good year, I feel. Felt her
0: up, yeah, so...
2: Yeah, no, all the way to the top. I don't care what it smells like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so beer, you just really just smell it. Like, mm-hmm. look at it. This one's really hazy. And cool. one other thing that I learned, like, pretty recently is kind of looking at the head and, like, the foam on it. Mm-hmm. So this one isn't super foamy, but it's like, are the bubbles big or are the bubbles small? Mm-hmm. And that will tell you about like how carbonated it is. Exactly.
2: Right, right.
0: I didn't even realize until pretty recently that like different beers are different levels of carbonation and mm-hmm. that's gonna affect how you're gonna taste it.
2: Oh, I didn't realize that until just this very second.
0: I'm so <laughs> oh, glad yeah. we have you here. You're like, like I know. I know. You're learning along I know. You know, like
2: I feel I feel like I've been court appointed to come here and learn about it. So <laughs> it's, it's very good. Court order. Court ordered. I I can't
0: wait
2: to go I can't wait to go back to Goose Bay and tell people that there's another way to live. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. have to be Budweiser and Mary Brown's every day, but Oh,
1: oh. that sounds great.
2: I don't i, I, yeah, I, was, I was like mm, yeah. not so good. I, I was just about to catch myself there and say I don't want to generalize because I've done that several times.
0: <laughs> so, Aaron, do you know like what the foam means? Like, I do you...
1: know the difference between the big bubbles and the little bubbles. Uh, the finer, littler bubbles are coming from higher carbonated styles, mm. I'm pretty sure, and the bigger bubbles I'm not sure about I just know about the finer little ones yeah that makes sense yeah there's like a champagne yeast that's used in like a lot of different styles of beer that brings out like the fine like it it tastes like you're drinking like a sparkling wine or something like okay uh but I was never too sure on the difference when I used to uh fix kegerators and all that stuff for kitty bitty the way I would look at it is if it was too high co2 the bubbles would be really small but if it was too low the bubbles would be really big so i'm thinking the same applies for this mm. that would mm-hmm. make that, sense to me yeah yeah because that that would based on the way we would adjust the co2 pressure in like a long line system
0: yeah so yeah because yeah, like if you take something that's barrel aged, it's gonna mm-hmm. it's not gonna have those super fine little bubbles with like the big
2: yeah
0: foamy Head on They're it. Right, so that's
2: I didn't even know that's something we did with beer. I think mm-hmm. we just aged whiskey in barrels. Yeah,
0: no, I. Oh, barrel the barrel age is so cool.
2: That's I the other imagine. thing that I think is
0: big in Newfoundland right now among a, a few craft breweries. I wouldn't say everyone no. is super into it, but I would say Port Rexon is like super into doing experimenting like with the barrel beer. age stuff. And mm-hmm. it's fun, and it's really different. And as someone who loves beer, I find it interesting to try. Yeah. But I sort of recommend it to people who are like, I'm not really a beer drinking. I'm like, but find this, drink this beer that doesn't really taste like beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <clears throat> Mill Street does it well. Like, no. Like really well, Mill Street's
2: well. the only one I'd ever heard of doing that before, like really today. Mm-hmm. So I assumed that was just something they were doing and I, it was not mm-hmm. something I was ever interested in. If I want to drink whiskey, I'll drink whiskey.
1: <laughs> yeah. And
2: I love whiskey.
1: Like it's one of my favorite things. And I love the warmness that it brings. I love the layers that it has. And then when I had, like, a stout in a whiskey barrel, I was like, what the heck is this? (laughs) Like, this is so cool. Like, because it added, like, what I love about stouts, the depth and the deepness of the malts, mixed with these, like different levels of whiskey tones to it when it came to the smell when it came to the flavor to the finish like it was just all there in one package and okay. it blew my mind and so i'm always looking for barrel age stuff which is why i love two crows because they do a lot of barrel. yeah stuff as well. they
0: like to do a lot of fun because I, I feel like it's like like taking beer to the next level because you got to produce the beer and then you don't really know what's going to happen when you mm-hmm. age it like it's very surprising which i think that's why a lot of brewers really like having fun with it. Because you take it out of the barrel and you don't really know what you're going to get.
2: Exactly. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of like you, you're just taking your chances. Like it could yeah. come out and be terrible. It could be spectacular. It could be mm-hmm. nothing at all.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and tequila barrels <clears throat> are becoming a thing now. Yeah. So like. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like doing sours and stuff in tequila
2: barrels. Genius. Oh, yeah. I see the vision on that. So, like,
1: oh, my God, give me all of it. You know? <laughs> I just want the barrel. Every single <laughs> ounce I need.
2: <laughs>
1: exactly. And, yeah, the complexity that you can get into it and the differences that you can find. And you can attune it to someone's preference, you know? Oh, okay. So if someone's, like, really into wine, you know, and they're like, hmm. Maybe there are some
0: trying. that I get a very, like, wine. Yeah. Yeah, like profile off of, of like even like the carbonation level and kind mm-hmm. of like the thickness of the actual like liquid. It's like more wine than beer mm-hmm. once it's been aged like that. Definitely, yeah, yeah.
2: This is really good. I like I think I'm very impressed at my and grab. Yeah, no, this is really good. I'm, very, like the, I I like I'm one one glad you picked this out. Hmm. Thank you. And. It,
1: the thing about this one, which I'm going to be a little bit beer snobby right now, is American pale, or pale ales traditionally are very malt-forward. I find this is very hop-forward. <clears> so and it
2: tastes that way, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So you're getting much more of the bitterness, the citrusiness, yeah. the juiciness of the hop, rather than the malt characteristic. It right. Must.
0: So the thing that makes me think... When people say malt forward or hop forward, is like when you first taste it, what is the taste you get first? Put is on that... that flavor? Oh, right, yeah. okay. okay.
1: Where this is a very, like, it's not too aggressive of a hop because that's the way hops. Flavors are measured by their aggressiveness. Okay, it's mild, light, or something like that. I know it sounds very. I should harsh. change my logo
0: to so have like an angry hop on.
2: It. Yeah, like a hop that's super just out of control, <laughs> <brain>. super
0: <laughs> aggressive hop. He's murdering the other hops. It's a bad <laughs> scene. <laughs>
1: But this isn't aggressive by no means, but it's there. It's for the, sure. the main flavor. Yeah, like I, I this.
2: almost want to say in my uneducated way that it feels really balanced, Ooh. and that that that's what I like about it. I think
1: which would be a traditional paleo.
2: Yeah. So
1: where I'm getting all the hops, you're getting the sweetness in it as well, mm. and it's getting
2: balanced, right? I'm just getting it all hop.
1: Yeah, you know.
2: Yeah, see, I almost get, like, a little, just at the end, just, like, a little, little hitch of citrus right mm. at the end. Yeah. And it balances it really nicely. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's really good.
0: Now you know how to do a beer tasting. <laughs> I know, I, I know. Too. I um, No, because this is something like, I seriously was, like... Podcast and... Like, when I was thinking about the podcast, I was, like, wow, I really don't, like, I really don't know the method of sitting down and really trying to, like, break down what... I'm tasting and like how that mm-hmm. goes and what I think it tastes like, but it's not as intimidating as I thought. No. You can do this at home. <laughs> no, I, mean, I think part of it is because Aaron's here. And Aaron makes
2: us feel so secure.
0: We feel so safe That's drinking the beer with Aaron. Me. Just want
2: to remind you, the beer can't hurt you. It's going to be okay.
1: But please don't let it be your crotch
2: and line. No, 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 definitely don't do that.
0: I mean, to me, like you were talking about, like memories and stories, I'm like, Thank you. When I choose a beer to have with something, I'm more, I guess, I'm more thinking about like the experience I'm having while drinking it. So, if I'm outside cooking on the barbecue, like what kind of beer do I want to have while I do that? Right. Or if I'm right. inside and it's cold and wintry, I don't necessarily think about the food as much. Yeah, yeah no,
2: I'm, I'm kind of with you on that, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, one thing I found living up north is that. Like, I loved Iceberg when I was living here because I find the summers are really humid and hot, and yeah. Iceberg pairs really well with that. Mm-hmm. But up North, it's almost like I want something all warm or something that just warm my insides. Mm-hmm. So I've been experimenting a little bit with different things up there, and spoiler alert, I haven't found anything yet. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, that's why I'm I'm hopeful over the next year or so, and I, I've, I've had the chance to talk to a couple of the people that work with the NLC up there, and they're really, really eager to start bringing in some different things cool. because, well, there's this kind of, like, gorilla community up there. People who are really into that, but no one really knows each other, so mm-hmm. no one talks about it that much. So you'll walk into a liquor store and you'll run into someone who's buying something kind of kind of off the wall and you're like, oh shit, I was thinking about that too. Like, there's more of me up here. <laughs> okay. There's more of me up there.
1: <laughs> the mole people of Goose. Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, no. All
0: right. Alright, so what beer do we have? We have another beer from Muskoka. This is an unfiltered summer vice. Mm -hmm. Is it? Yeah, summer vice Mm -hmm. tropical wheat. I picked this beer out and I probably should have looked up anything. (laughs) I'm
1: unsure if it actually has passion fruit in it because it is like super. Yeah. Juice like? Yes, I'm going
0: to read the description. Seasonally brewed uh, Muskoka Summer Vice tropical wheat is crafted with visions of summer in mind. Naturally Mm. hazy by design, the perfect balance of passion fruit and mango makes this an aromatic and sessionable wheat beer. So session means under drinkability. To Mm. me, does that mean under 5%? Or is that Mm. just. That's how I always thought of it. it. This says. Uh... 5.3 so no oh,
1: i always understood it as like drinkability but when you're looking at <clears throat> like a session ipa it's something that is lower right right
0: wow okay cool so this one actually does have passion fruit and mango in it okay. in the ingredients wow that's interesting. yeah so these are wow. additions to yeah. the beer whereas a lot of times you retasting notes in a beer and like like we are saying those fruits are not actually in there and this mm-hmm. one it is
2: Interesting, yeah, because I was again following your advice, hearing your voice in my head saying to smell it first, <laughs> and I couldn't really get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't really getting anything from it, but as I taste it, I do taste those fruits yeah. in it. Like, it's very fruity, it's super fruity.
0: Well, that's so true. Like, once you taste it, you taste mm. the fruit. But the mm. one we just had, the how do you say that? All eyes on.
1: I'd, I'm not sure. Like, I looked it up. When I first heard about the hop, and I was like, ooh. Yeah, and it looks, Yua. it's anyway. Y-U-A,
0: but it's no. spelled Y-U-Z-U. Yuzu. <laughs> All eyes on Y-U-A. Like, that one, literally, you could just smell how fruity it was. Right, like, as
2: soon as the can was open, you could almost smell it getting around yeah. the room.
1: This is one of Chris's favorite beer. I can so see that. So he's going to be super pissed that yeah. he missed their time <gasps> today.
0: Yeah. So yeah. we should say that Aaron and his partner Chris have a Instagram called mosaic.wit. Well, period mosaic period wit. Yeah. And they describe beers and I love it because it's just so cute and also <laughs> it's it really one of my favorite things on the Instagram. Two, the two of you guys have different um like, really different tastes in beer. So, mm-hmm. Chris, I know Chris loves, like, the whipped beers yeah. and, like, the sour
1: beer, The stuff. Yeah, the weedy yeah.
0: things. And you like the super hoppy things. So, it's so funny yeah. to see, like, you're, you're, like... Like, you'll post your... <laughs> I love this. It was so fruity and crushable. And, and Chris will be like, It was okay. This <laughs> land's <laughs>
2: somewhere between fair and middling. It'll never have it
0: again. Yeah, like, I tried it. <laughs>
1: and chris when he had this he was like this is the best thing ever and I was
0: but like, it has like a okay. bit of tartness on mm-hmm. it at the yeah. end because it is a vice beer so that's a mm-hmm. german style sour wheat beer but this one isn't super sour mm-hmm.
1: it's more basing like the wheat yeah. which i think tropical it's much wheat gives
2: wheaty. you like that perfect description of what yeah, it yeah is. i think it's that's like one a hazy of the few that, that i tiny... that's very much like oh yeah no the way they've described it is very much on the nose <laughs> yeah exactly
0: all right. For our last beer, we are having a barrel-aged beer, which is so cool. Especially
1: Yay. with all the talk that we.
0: Well had. the we t- really talked it up, so Aaron, can you talk about like what is a barrel-aged beer?
1: So, thank you, Aaron. You're very welcome. So, generally, barrel-aged beers. Mm. Uh, there's an aging process that happens with some beers uh, so they can either be fermented in the barrel or fermented or made and fermented then put in the barrel with different ingredients mm-hmm. okay. so I'm not sure what the basis of this one is but all barrel age, or barrels have different flavors to them so some may be whiskey barrels some might be I don't know what this one is it just says barrel aged
2: well, it's interesting you say whiskey barrels, because I mean, that's where my mind goes immediately. Yeah. Anyway, but I do kind of get that from it. There's, do you? You can smell the
1: age. I, hint of oak. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that it might be like an oak barrel or something Yeah, like so that. we should
0: talk about what, this is another Muskoka beer. It's called um, an ale formerly known as Sangria. And so you get sort of that oaky like wine-ish. Mm-hmm.
1: It has, it's with fruit as well. So so some beers are aged in it, so left for the fermentation process. Mm-hmm. And then if you're aging Ooh. a beer in it, a lot of like some off flavors can be dissipated with the aging process. Mm-hmm. And then it takes on the different flavors that are in the barrel.
0: Yeah, because really I've had cool. brewers say like, oh, this hasn't turned out the way we wanted it. We stuck it in a barrel to see if we could fix it or turn it into something yeah. new and okay. like take that off flavor away.
1: Exactly. Which is yeah. also cool. I don't get so much like sangria
0: for some reason. Yeah, I don't,
2: I don't see that at all. But I do. It's
0: not sweet enough.
2: Yeah, like I get the wine notes, but I'm certainly not getting a lot of fruity notes off of it. Especially after drinking the oh, tropical yeah. wheat. You mm-hmm. know? And maybe that's what it is. It's going straight from the tropical wheat to this. I'm not quite picking it up. Which though.
0: was so funny because when we had the allies and. Yuzu, which I know. I don't know how to say Uh, (laughs) that one to the tropical. We're like, oh, it's not that fruity, and now we're like, it's not as fruity.
1: That's why like whenever serving flights or anything, I'm always like, How should I line this up? And like what order should I put them in? Yeah. So do they recommend the, the order?
0: Like usually people just say lightest to darkest seems
1: A lot of people do based on like the malt variants, but if you're giving something someone something with lactose in it, let's say, it's gonna mess up the flavor of the next beer. Yeah, you so know? you almost want that to go last. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So that we usually put lactose enhanced <laughs> beers. Last.
2: well that's interesting to me like so when you when you present something like that how much do you weigh the visual Mm. against the actual flavor it's hard to
1: really do that especially depending on people's visual preference of beers because some people might be like i want a light beer and i'll give them like because technically a guinness could be light you know because it's like 4.4 You know, because yeah. it's light and alcohol content, but yeah. what they're really looking for is the color and the taste. Yeah, you know. So if they're like, "I only want light beers," I'm like, "Well, can I give you like a day boil? That's not light tasting, no. but it is a light beer." Yeah. You know. So it really depends on preference style, okay, of the person. Because I'm not gonna like put in something like crazy, like a big apple that they'll be like, Well, oh, what is this? This is disgusting. I want an
2: iceberg and something like iceberg. Yeah. You know? Well, and I guess that's my follow-up to that is like how much, or I guess is it frustrating when you, you know, you really want to get people to try these different kinds mm-hmm. of things, but they've got their two or three beers they really like from Kitty Vitty, and they're not going to branch out from mm-hmm. them. Like, do you find that when you're getting people to taste different things, do you find that frustrating at all? Or I think that's kind of the culture we're trying to create
1: around like beer and tasting it is finding people's preferences and the styles that they enjoy and slowly branching out and getting them to try different things right right because uh chris my partner's mom uh she did not like beer and she was like oh this is gross all this stuff and she tries calm Tom. Okay. All right. I think I was there
2: that day. Yeah, come on. Which is a heavy
0: figure. double IPA from Kitty Vitty. Yes, like, I remember so you brought us
2: out a jug of that and <laughs> I never quite recovered. Super
0: hoppy, super fruity, like Yeah. I mean, or super good at double IPA, but not something you would give someone really? I would think to give someone that says I don't like beer. No, no exactly.
1: You
2: don't like beer Here's the
1: most beer. Exactly. <laughs> and she was like, "Wow, this is great." Yeah. And, I was, and it is great it's a fantastic beer but some people might not appreciate that you know but it was weird to see that based on her preference and history of what she enjoyed mm. being like wine and stuff like that she actually really enjoyed the strong flavors wow. in Com so yeah. it shows you just how like easy it is to turn somebody on to a specific oh, absolutely. type of beer based on what they traditionally liked yeah
0: no, that makes I a lot think of sense. more of my struggle in, like, recommending beers to people um, when I have work, you know, like, has been more like the structure of what a craft brewery is as opposed mm-hmm. to, like, what, like, how breweries before have produced, you find your favorite lager and they're consistently going to have it. Like, literally the structure of this industry is different yeah. than what came before. And the difference is that you always have something new to try. You always have yeah. something new on tap. And people mm-hmm. who love craft beer are into that, like, experimentation and, like, experimenting with new flavors. But people who are used to beer the or love the beer industry as it has been in the past have, like, struggle with coming into a brewery and realizing that every time they go, they're not necessarily going to have the kind mm-hmm. of beer they want on tap.
1: Right, right. They might
0: not have it. Like, you might have to have something else. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And for a lot of people, that's like, well, why why come out with something different if that was so good and popular? Yeah, right that's now? the question
0: I get a lot of times. Yeah. And it's, like, something that I struggle to answer because I don't want to be like, because this is what the industry is. But mm-hmm. it is just, like, a really different definition of how you experience a brewery. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that,
2: that's something, too, that I, I almost wondered myself. I was like, okay, this was really good and everyone really loved it, so why have we stopped making it? Mm-hmm. But then you get to understand that, you know, the industry is really not about finding something everyone loves and latching on to it. It's about, you know, examining different trends, like you had mentioned earlier, and sort of seeing, okay, how can we branch off of that and create something different? Yeah. It feels like the industry is really driven by creatives more than anything, which is what I really
0: like about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's about different flavors and experimenting with different flavors and... I think that's why it appeals to, like, like beer as, you know, historically has been a pretty lowbrow product. Mm-hmm. But to have it kind of have this, like, new life as something that is kind of gourmet and foodie, it's, yeah. it's cool. It's a way to, like, experiment with different things and also have it be really approachable. Exactly. So that's why I like it as a, you know, like... I would love to learn more about wine, but to me it just hasn't been as approachable, and I think well, that's Well, yeah, why I...
2: wine almost has this barrier to it, right? Yeah. Where you're made to feel like, oh, you don't understand this. Mm-hmm. Whereas beer is kind of like, do you like that? Oh, good, have more. Yeah. Here's something yeah. similar. Exactly. It's, it it might... feels like it's a much more
1: free environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like in the culture we're creating, surrounding beer. Yeah. you know, And sure. has humble beginnings, and that's kind of beer for everyone. I'm pretty sure that was like a politician's slogan or something well
2: if it was i'm amazed he didn't win i don't know everything about that person <laughs> i could be wrong but like you've es- given me a tremendous idea <laughs> especially like with the prohibition
1: and stuff like that when you look at it uh, it's just like a commoner's drink yeah you know? and i think that's important to drinking beer it's for everyone and it's for people to well, enjoy exactly, right no matter what the occasion is
2: yeah mm-hmm. well and that's one of the things too like i, I we touched on this a little bit earlier but I, I really like whiskey but one of the problems with whiskey is that to get really good whiskey you have to spend a lot of money so on it much money. you have yeah. to spend a fortune to get yeah. something that's you know decently aged and you know it's going to be really mm-hmm. good but with beers no no it's all within two or three dollars of each that's other it's so cheap to make it is
0: yeah and I think the purpose for me for this episode was really just to be like, you can do a beer tasting at home and it's not, oh, yeah. it's not this thing that's like so snooty and like above you. Like it's really yeah. just about being like, I enjoy this and that's what I like. And you know, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. So
2: yeah, I, th- I think that's interesting, right? Cause it's almost three levels of understanding in the industry. Obviously Aaron is very heavily involved in it, knows it inside out <laughs> and Natalie knows way more about it than I do. And me, I'm a I'm a moron when it comes to this stuff. We just but brought you all here still to drink it. <laughs> here, right? well, like mostly, what I've been doing here is just binge drinking, which is tremendous. It's a good way to go about it. But I've also learned a lot.
0: <laughs> and with that, I'm going to close our episode. So thanks, guys. No problem. Anytime. literally I any. Mean, yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. And that's a wrap for today. Thanks so much for listening to the Newfoundland Beer Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Dignam. You can find this episode online at NewfoundlandBeerPodcast.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts as Newfoundland Beer Podcast. I'm also on Instagram as NLBeerPodcast.